0: what's your uh, philosophy on uh, people doing sellers doing cold calling to people's cell phones
1: yeah i haven't answered a phone in four years like unless it's my daughter calling <laughs> like, i don't know i don't know how many times someone is actually answering that call um and i would still say it's the same perspective like how much success are you having calling me uh you know at random without having any connection or research Um, we encourage people to use their relationships to um, get a warm introduction into other contacts. And so for me, I had a seller reach out yesterday and say, Hey, I'm trying to get into this prospect account. I see that you are connected to their CRO. Could you do a warm intro? And I was like, absolutely. So I sent the CRO a note and said, Hey, you know, I would be happy to connect as well too, but here's the, here's my seller who's trying to engage with yeah. you. You do 15 minutes for a quick call with him. And he was like, absolutely. So I, I think for me, I would rather invest in taking like five minutes in the morning and right. doing a little bit of research and then asking for a warm connection, yeah. then getting someone's phone number and calling that CRO chances are he wouldn't answer the phone. And even if he did, it's probably not going to get you from point A to point B.
0: Yeah. So it's the, uh, the the punchline would be warm selling or warm calling is a lot better than uh, cold cold calling or cold selling.
1: Yeah, I think the last time I answered a phone, I was expecting a delivery, and it was a random phone number, and it was someone who was trying to sell me leads because they thought I was a lawyer and that I might need um, some a list of people who had been in car accidents for personal injury cases and i was like this 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 is hilarious like i was more interested in how they got my phone number and why they thought i was a lawyer when all you had to do is look me up on linkedin to see that all i right. don't own a personal injury uh, law firm
0: <laughs> so
1: yeah. oh, the juice is not worth the squeeze there like take the 5 minutes research to see if that contact cool. has any common connections and then yep. ask for a warm introduction
0: yep uh, absolutely okay. Uh, awesome. So you had a cool post, uh, I think it was a team, uh, team gathering that you had that, uh, Lindsay Cole helped uh, put together and you gave her, an, you ever a nice shout out.
1: Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without, uh, Lindsay Cole. She's like pretty much the most amazing EA and partner one could imagine. And, um, I think that, you know, listen, this is all about like selling in a tough macro, I think the job is tough for everyone right now. And if you don't have people that you can lean on that can help you um, get shit done, uh, you're going to be in in a much tougher position. And I'm fortunate to have someone who is, um, you know, my partner in all things when it comes to work. And so I wanted to send a little, a shout out to her. Um, You know, we used to be all in the office. She, you know, she's in Arizona. I'm in, I'm in Nashville and, you know, I sent her a gift, but I wish I could have, you know, jumped on a plane and take, taken her out to a nice lunch like we used to do. Um, but I thought, at the very least, I could send her a nice gift and um, throw some recognition to her on the platform. because She is she's amazing.
0: Awesome, great job, Lindsay. So uh, Alyssa had a lot of great comments uh, for you. One one thing in particular, I'd love to hear more about is uh, she says you're a master of frameworks.
1: Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, that's always nice to hear. I, I try and distill the complex into something that is memorable. Um, I'm a big fan of, of creating an acronym when relevant, um, and giving something that giving people something that is tangible. I think that, um, most of what we're doing today, uh, can be summed up in you know, two or three bullet points if you want people to remember. And so, uh, I try and I try and do that as often as possible. Um, I even did it with our conversation earlier today with the, you know, the three R's when thinking about deep sales, um, because you want to give people something that they can take away and then replicate as quickly as possible. Um, that might drive, you know, impact for them or otherwise.
0: Yeah. It was, uh, relationships, research, and what was the third one? Right time. Right time, there you go. All right, perfect. Uh, What about uh, advice for people breaking into tech sales? Uh, Obviously a lot of things, maybe just uh, pick one.
1: Yeah. um, You know, I I set expectations in the same way. I've been doing it for 20 years. And so I think this applies to anyone who's stepping into a new sales role. What I expect of my employees, regardless of their level, is um, attitude, activity, accountability, and then ultimately attainment. So here you go, another framework. And actually, uh, I I stole this from a mentor of mine, Chris Timmel. I might have tweaked it a little bit, but um, the first three are the most important. Show up every day with a positive attitude. Right. It says more about what you can accomplish than anything else. Um, do the necessary activity, which means not just quantity, but quality. And if you're not sure what the necessary activity is in order to be successful, like grab your boss or a top performer on your team and understand exactly what they're doing and replicating it. If they are doing seven discovery calls a week and five demos and they're closing three deals, then that's what you want to do. Right. Um, and then the third is accountability. So be accountable for what happens, whether it's good or bad, whether you make a mistake or have success. Um, If you do those three things, I am confident you will ultimately drive towards positive attainment. If you come in and you're only focused on attainment and you're not doing the necessary activities and you're not accountable for what happens and you're showing up with a bad attitude, chances are you're probably going to fail in your role. And so for me, if someone can demonstrate, even if they're new in role and they need a minute to ramp, and maybe they're not crushing attainment out the gates, but they're doing those first three things right, um, I know that they will be successful and that is proven, tried and true expectation setting for the past 20 years. Like it works. That's exactly what you can see in all of our top performers.
0: Totally. I always laugh you have somebody that um, you know, may crush the numbers and they get a bluebird deals, but the behaviors are bad versus somebody who maybe number a shorter goal, but the behaviors are awesome all day long. I'd rather have the person that you know has the right behaviors because you know over time that person's going to be far more successful.
1: Yeah, they, they do like it's either like the consistent, right, because they're doing the right things every day or it's the inconsistent. Like you win a big one year and then you don't really drive the right behaviors for the next right. 30 days and then you miss again. So um, for me, those are those are those are keys. If you're if you're stepping into a new sales role or really any any sales um, role with a level of experience, you know, showing up with a good attitude, driving consistent activity and then being accountable for what happens is going to help you win.
0: Great, Uh, you you do a good job using your acronyms if I say one thing of uh, grouping a a, a bunch in, so kudos to you, so I'll try it again. So how (laughs) about if there's one thing, advice for those uh, impacted by recent layoffs in tech sales?
1: Yeah, so um, you and I were chatting earlier today about like hidden LinkedIn secrets. So you can actually raise your hand stating that you're open to new opportunity on LinkedIn and only recruiters see that and only recruiters see that that are not at your current organization. So whether you have been impacted or you're thinking about your next play, um, you can actually signal to recruiters that you'd be interested in learning more about opportunities. And no one knows but other recruiters. I shared that recently on a call and people were like, really? Wow. Um, the second thing is ask for help people want to help those who've been impacted by recent layoffs and they can open up their network. Um, And so if you reach out to someone and say, hey, I could use some help, I'm looking for a role in this type of industry, in this market, I see that you are, you have a bunch of connections there, any way you'd be willing to open up your network, People actually will, and they want to. I think help is the key because often people don't use that in the way they're reaching out. um, And most people actually respond to that. So if someone sends me a message and says, hey, can you help me? I'm like, yes. I I don't even know what they're asking. I just saw the word help, and I want to help. It's very different than... um, you know, someone just creating a connection and then hoping that I'm going to reach out to them to help them find a job. I don't even know why they're asking to connect. Right. And so I think be clear in what you're looking for and um, know that there are people out there that want to open their network and there's a lot of opportunities for people.
0: Awesome. And uh, obviously from the sales tools, LinkedIn is the the, the best and the go-to, but I'd also think you're a big fan of uh, Gong.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, I came from the LinkedIn Talent Solutions business where we first rolled out Gong. Um, and I used to work with Ryan Longfield in, in that business. Uh, when we came over, when I came over about a year and a half ago to LinkedIn Sales Solutions, uh, we implant implemented Gong here as well too. I think the key with any tool you're going to put in your tech stack is to understand um, what the true ROI is and how it integrates with what you're currently doing. I don't want to create tool fatigue for my sellers. I really want them to have um, the best, which is which is really about, you know, quality, not quantity. I'm not going to add 20 tools into the tech stack. Um, I'm going to be really intentional about what we're going to use and how we can um, create expertise in that tool uh, and then go from there. So yeah, Gong, Gong is a great tool.
0: Awesome. So do you use it where you actually can, you know, you know, call recording and use that to coach your sellers Then you can kind of share, you know, snippets and best practices that way?
1: Yeah. And at at my level, our frontline managers and second line managers are doing a lot of the call coaching. I'll say for me, um, let's say we roll out a new product and I want to see how often we're talking about that product. We'll look at my entire ecosystem and look to see how often that product was uh, named or called out um, in the prior week's calls, just to see how the training and implementation activities around that are actually driving uh, that behavior, um, as like a, a marketing effort, uh, which I think is really amazing. I mean, I could go on and on. There's, there's a ton of use cases, but I think it is different at the front line than it is at the VP level. Wow.
0: Awesome. Very cool. So you'd mentioned, uh, a mentor before, um, what's been any ad- advice that you've received if you want to pick, um, maybe two, two mentors along the way.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, you know, I, I worked my, my first sales leader that I, I really, um, loved working for, uh, you know, sat me down early on in my career and, and really was like, Hey, you don't lack any of the skills you need to be successful. Like your biggest area of opportunity is, is that you don't have a goal in mind. Like I was, you know, working for autonomy and freedom and flexibility and, um, I didn't realize the importance of understanding what it is that you want to accomplish and so i think a lot uh for her and and for me since then i think a lot of people who are struggling right now um probably haven't set a clear goal or objective like they don't really understand the why behind what they're trying to accomplish and so it feels less purpose driven and so I know it seems very simple um, and basic to think about goals, but it's like we are in a um, immediate gratification society. If If I want something, I can order it and have it here in an hour. And so there isn't this like prolonged effort or energy against um, a, a long-term goal. And so I think there's an opportunity for us to reset uh, what it is we're trying to accomplish. And if it isn't a um, prolonged goal that you're trying to reach, it's understanding what the why is behind, you know doing what you're doing. And so I think there's a lot of folks that are um, lacking fulfillment. Um, because they don't have a purpose, because they haven't thought about the why or the the objective behind what they do every single day. So I would say that that, that originally came from my the first sales leader that I really enjoyed working for, Susan. Um, gosh, there's there's you know. So, so much great advice I think I've received over the years. I I would also say I'm going to go back to the help thing I mentioned earlier. Um, Yesterday, I was asked about the biggest mistake I've made as a leader. And I would say not actually asking for help. I think in there's a little fear and imposter syndrome in most of us when we step into a new role, and we surely don't want our boss to think that we were not the person that they should have hired. Um, and I think too many times in my career, I've gone too long before I've raised my hand and said, I need help. And so uh, when I came into LinkedIn, I was really struggling uh, with the way we forecasted. And I was a little intimidated to ask my boss for help, but finally I I Um, you know, after trying to figure it out 20 different ways, I finally sat him down and said, can you please show me how to forecast? And he was more than happy to, you know, grab a, a marker and a dry erase board and spend an hour to walk me through that methodology. And so I think things are really hard for people right now. And what is making it worse is that people are afraid to ask for help when I think it's, you know, our responsibility as leaders to ensure that our employees are successful, yet our employees are afraid to ask for help. And so, I would say that was also like a good lesson learned that people are generally willing to show you the way um, and that you don't have to struggle on your own and it's okay to not know everything. Things are changing really, really rapidly.
0: <laughs> well, that's great. anything else you'd give, uh, your, uh, younger self ad- advice on?
1: Um, you know, someone had said to me once that, um, There was a point in your career in which you were in your like prime earning years and so i made a lot of sacrifices in that specific time frame to um make as much money as possible without really thinking about uh what was important to me and i actually think that that was a mistake Mm -hmm. um I don't think there's a, such a thing as your prime earning years. Your prime earning years can be at any point. And also, is that even the most important thing? I, I'm
0: 59, so I'm still. <laughs>
1: yeah, like I, maybe that hasn't happened yet for me. But but I think that I I over-indexed on that that statement, and I said, oh my gosh, like I might only have this 10 years to make as much right. money as I possibly can, and yeah. then my income will start to decline. And I think that was the wrong. Um, the wrong direction. Good news is I figured that out shortly into that, um, misunderstanding. And I realized that I was actually, and should be on a constant skills journey. So my objective then switched from how much money can I make to how much can I learn? And so everywhere I went, I was on this pursuit of new skills I could acquire. And that's when I think I hit my prime earning years is because the more skills I acquired, the more success I found. And, um, the more opportunities that opened up. And so I think, you know, if I could go back and tell myself something, it would have been like, don't worry about the money, like just continue to go on this path of being a constant learner and acquire as many skills as you possibly can. And like, love what you do. You know, the Happiness Advantage, great book. They, you know, it says like, People who are successful aren't successful because they are—they made a ton of money. They're successful because they do what they love and what they're passionate about, and then the success comes. And I think the inverse is um, is really important to understand.
0: Awesome. Well, we're uh, just about at the end. We touched on lots of great topics. You've been fantastic. Uh, anything else that you're particularly passionate about that we did not cover?
1: Yeah, I would say if anyone's on the call and um, I can provide any help or resourcing, don't hesitate to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, Our team wants to ensure that not only talent is successful in finding new opportunities and hiring managers are successful in finding talented candidates, but also that sales professionals are successful in finding prospects and building those relationships and that, buyers can use LinkedIn as a way to improve their experience and solve their biggest problems. And so we just want to be help and resource. So if there's anything we can do, please feel free to reach out.
0: Awesome. Well, you've been fantastic. Uh, Thank you, Kimberly. And then uh, Angela was also behind the scenes uh, helping get this together for us. So thanks to Angela. Thanks for Tucker. Uh, Also uh, working on the tech with all this. And um, next week we have episode number 124 with Jeff Deppa, who is the CRO of Gainsight. I think they're probably the leader on the customer success side of things, so that will be interesting as well. So, uh, everybody that's watching, thank you so much, and uh, for those a uh, lot that are going to be watching the recording, obviously LinkedIn, a lot of cool ways. Uh, as much as you may think you know LinkedIn, you're using it. A lot of other ways that uh, you can use it different and better. And then Kimberly, so if somebody's watching and they say, okay, hey, how do they? Obviously, there's there's a uh, LinkedIn learning tools. Uh, anything particular or any, any direction that you would give them if they want to know how to how to leverage LinkedIn even more?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can go to LinkedIn Learning. There's a, a ton of resources there. If it's specifically around Sales Navigator, reach out to me. I'll make sure that someone on our CS team um, engages with you to give you a, a training or a tip there. And I would say, um, you know, think about your objective with LinkedIn. What is it that you want to get out of the tool? Um, and then work backwards, right? So whatever that uh, problem is that you're trying to solve or that objective that you have, um, start there. And then you're more likely to find the outcomes that you want. If you're not seeing value from from LinkedIn today, um, it might be because you've missed that step in assigning your objective and then ensuring that the platform is working for you. So um, good luck everyone. If there's anything I can do, please let me know.
0: Awesome, all right, thanks. Have a great day, great week.
1: Thanks, Randy, you too.